Hello, brother. I'm Grace. Hello, brother. I'm Stephanie. And this is Doppelgangers. Today, we're talking about the season three premiere of The Vampire Diaries, which is called The Birthday. Very excited. A whole new season, baby. Ready to see where this goes post-sacrifice. Exactly. We've got a lot of fun things set up in this episode, but it's a pretty, in comparison to the second season premiere, it's a pretty tame season premiere. It's got some slow burn stuff set up. Yeah, it's more just checking in after a couple months because the second season, it was like the same day. Yeah. But this one, it's, you know, it's been the summer. We're getting ready to start senior year, baby. We definitely have, right now, we're setting up a lot of human conflicts. And obviously, the supernatural conflicts are also still there, but they're a little under the surface. What we're really focusing on in this episode is kind of, you know, the main thing we're looking at this episode is, does Stefan have his humanity still? And we can discuss thoughts about that as we get through the episode. I have theories. Yeah, it's, it's getting at these very human connections, like, Do Tyler and Caroline like each other? What secrets is Jeremy keeping? Does Alaric want to stay there? There's always the supernatural element to it, but it's getting at like that intrinsic story because we don't have anyone like going through transition right now or anything like that. And most people like know what's going on in the town. It's not like, oh, we're not keeping the secret from anyone anymore. Yeah. So now it's like, how do we live in these circumstances? I will start as always before we go into a wonderful episode by reading the synopsis from Vampire Diaries Wiki. On the morning of Elena's 18th birthday, Caroline is busy planning a party, but Elena is focused on searching for any clues that might help her discover where Stefan is. Damon is also searching for Stefan while trying to protect Elena and keep her from doing anything that would draw Klaus's attention. Meanwhile, Klaus and Stefan are busy trailing a werewolf named Ray Sutton. Now working at the Mystic Grill along with Matt, Jeremy is struggling to understand why he keeps seeing the ghosts of Vicky and Anna since he was brought back to life by Bonnie's magic. Meanwhile, Alaric does his best to watch over Elena and Jeremy while dealing with his grief over Jenna's death. Finally, Caroline and Tyler face a new and unexpected challenge. <laughs> that they do, baby. <laughs> that they do. I will say, at the time they were writing this season, they had a very specific ending of the show as a whole in mind and you can really see it throughout this season but they abandon it after this season is over because things change because at this point it became clear this show was a hit they were going to get to keep going as long as they wanted they're like okay what do we do with this time now that we know how much time we have we can actually map it out they originally wanted this show to be 13 seasons long which I'm sorry if fans don't want to hear this. I think we probably didn't need 13 seasons. We rarely do. And during this season, Julie Pleck and Kevin Williamson picked what they thought would be an ending. But because of fan reaction, they changed their mind. Same as how they originally wanted to kill Catherine at the end of season two and then chose not to. The thing about the Vampire Diaries is fan reaction often dictates the show as a whole. That's nice. Pretty Little Lies didn't think about that once. They said, oh, you think it would be bad if the villain was trans? Well, she is, bitch. I hope you enjoy. We don't care. Yeah. So it's just interesting to watch it back, knowing that if you were a fan of the show and you don't know what the original ending was supposed to be and you want me to tell you, you can message me. I'll tell you. So we open the episode in a brand new location. We don't know where it is, but luckily we have a Chiron. It tells us we're in Tennessee. And it's like, oh, this can't be good. Yeah. (laughs) So a hot blonde goes outside of her house and she calls for a dog named Rudy who doesn't come. But then someone does come up and it's Klaus. Klaus is using an American accent and it's not his best accent work. But again, Klaus is not known for creativity. He's known for effectiveness. 
Yeah. He said, okay, I'll do a little American accent. It doesn't really matter how it works because I'll get in regardless. Well, and we find out later that these people are werewolves. So obviously you can tell they are suspicious of vampires. A number of things tip them off about Klaus. Ultimately, it doesn't matter though. Well, especially he actively says like, can I come in? And she says, no. She's like, uh, no, we don't invite people into our home. He says, oh, my car ran out of gas a few miles back. Your house is the first one I came to. I need to use a phone. And she says, you don't have a cell phone. And he says, it's dead. He then says, you know, I promise I'm not a serial killer. I just need a phone. And I'm sorry, that's what a serial killer would say, babe. But she says, sure. But then he asks if he can come in and she says, no, I'm going to bring the phone out to you. Because again, she's not a dumbass. And this is a lesson, even if it's not a vampire, don't bring him in your house. Say, hey, stand out there. I'll call a tow truck for you. Klaus switches back into his normal accent and he says, oh, I thought country folk were supposed to be trusting. And she says, yeah, well, I'm from Florida. Do all the werewolves live in Florida? Yeah, Florida, notably where Mason came from. Florida is werewolf country, evidently. Surprise, surprise. Klaus chokes the girl and then he compels her to show some Southern hospitality, a.k.a. invite him in. So then we go inside where this girl's friend is. And she says, I bet you that dog ran to some air conditioning. And she turns around and I feel compelled to mention this is our first notable guest star in quite a while. We haven't had a lot of guest stars since the middle of season two when we were kind of going full force into the storyline of Klaus. This guest star, you may or may not recognize her. You may be inclined to look on IMDb to confirm what you suspect. This is indeed Sarah Cooper. Famous for lip syncing to Donald Trump and being like liberal girl boss icon. You know, the height of comedy. Icon is in air quotes. I'm good at noticing celebrities. I recognized her immediately. I know this. This bitch has scrubbed all evidence that this is her from anywhere. It's not on Vampire Diaries Wiki. It's not on IMDb. She does not want you to know she was a struggling actor before she stumbled into neo-lib fame on TikTok. She should be so happy she got a role at all, first of all. I've seen her acting skills. They're bad. Well, that's why she scrubbed it, because she's like, I can't be known for an actor anymore. I found success outside of it. Whatever you want to call success. It is funny that she is here. She doesn't want you to know it, but I know it. Sarah Cooper, we know this is you. And I just want to say... If I had been on one episode of The Vampire Diaries, I don't care what my role is. I don't care how bad I acted. You would never hear me shut the fuck up about it. Sarah Cooper has two IMDb's. Insane behavior. One where The Vampire Diaries and a couple of other random roles are with no picture on it. And one with her actual picture where everything is that she feels like she can put on. They had to put the IMDb up with the other stuff, but she said, no, we're making a different one. And then they took the photo off. They're like, there's no way you can prove this is actually Sarah Cooper. That's funny. That's funnier than deleting it from IMDb. If you go into the Vampire Diaries IMDb, into the episode, into the cast, Sarah Cooper is listed. But there's no picture. You click on that profile. There's a number of roles, including like something in a college humor sketch. But then if you search Sarah Cooper and you look for her actual picture, you can find her IMDb with her show. So she has two IMDb's just so you don't know she's on the Vampire Diaries for one episode. I'm obsessed with it. But... Sarah Cooper turns around from the sink and she sees Klaus. She gets scared, of course. And Klaus says, hey, don't be alarmed, even though he's got her best friend by the hair crying. Yeah. And he says, I am just looking for Ray Sutton. Sarah Cooper says, yeah, he lives here, but he like is never here. He's mostly on the road. And Klaus says, well, I bet he makes it home at least once a month. Klaus knows he's a werewolf. 
They now know he knows that. They know he's a vampire. No one's really unsure of what's going on here anymore. Yeah. The girls are afraid and their fear confirms Klaus's assumptions. And Klaus says, you know, hey, where is he? They don't answer immediately. And he says, look, you can tell me or I can make you tell me. And that's going to be infinitely more painful. So Sarah Cooper tries to run. She barely picks up any speed. It's a light jog. Yeah, she's like power walking. She kind of knows her card is punched. I mean, what are you going to do at this point? Yeah, and she gets to the door and Stefan is standing there. He doesn't even look that scary, but it's scary enough for them. And immediately Sarah Cooper sells out Ray Sutton. Yeah, she said, okay, I know when I've been had. She says, yeah, he's at a borough. He's near the border of Highway 41. And Klaus says, okay, can you invite my friend in? And the girl does. Stefan comes in. And Klaus says to Stefan that he can kill the blonde quickly and make Sarah Cooper suffer. Thank you. So, yeah, Klaus voted for Bernie Sanders, confirmed. Come back, Klaus. Then Klaus leaves and he leaves Stefan alone to kill them. He's smiling, walking away. We hear screaming. It's notable that at this point, we don't actually see if Stefan kills them or not, even though we hear the screaming, because they are trying to set up through the whole episode like, okay, but Stefan's not really evil, right? Yeah, they're trying to make you question it the whole time. Because, you know, I I said in the finale that it was like, okay, it seems like his humanity is still on. But at this point, it's been a couple months. So it's not crazy if he just gave up on it, honestly. And knowing Stefan, you're like, well, he's such a sweetheart. Like, probably if Klaus is leaving, he's like, just scream and I'll pretend I killed you. I mean, I kind of thought that. But at the same time, I was like, there's no way Klaus isn't checking. Yeah. There's no way that's something Stefan can get away with. And if it is something he can get away with it, it's not worth taking the chance. Because if Stefan messes something up, Klaus will either kill Stefan, but more likely he'll just go kill Damon and then he'll find Elena and then he'll kill Elena. Then he's out. At this point, it's smart for Stefan to be kind of going along with this, unfortunately, for the people uh, in his path. So then we go over to the Gilbert house. It's the next morning, we can assume. Elena wakes up. She definitely looks upset, but she gets up and she opens her window. And then we cut to her also opening curtains in Jeremy's room. And he says, ah, and Elena says, hey, wake up. Matt called and you're late for work. So we know that Jeremy now works at the grill with Matt. Busy, busy working boy. But we also know that Jeremy hates it because he says, maybe they'll fire me. (laughs) So Elena gives Caroline a phone call. Caroline is shopping for a party. That's what we know at that point. And Elena is trying to bail on it. But Caroline's like, well, I planned it, so we're not going to do that. And I don't really care that you don't want it because I never thought you would want it. Yeah, Caroline's like, I'm not throwing this because you asked for a party. I'm throwing this because you need to go to a party. It doesn't really matter what you think. Then we do a little housekeeping. Caroline says that the sheriff wants Elena to call her because she found an animal attack in Memphis, the third this week in Tennessee. So good to know that Liz Forbes is kind of helping our team out right now. Yeah, she's helping them with the tracking. She clearly feels pretty bad. About, you know, killing Jeremy. About, you know, killing a teenage boy. Yeah, that really knocked her into place. She's like, wow, I didn't know it was that easy to become a murderer. She's like, I need to take a step back. It can really just happen to you. (laughs) As Elena is on the phone, she goes into the kitchen where Rick is making coffee and he eavesdrops. And Caroline says... We are sure that these animal attacks in Memphis are a vampire, but that does not mean it's Klaus. And Elena says, doesn't mean it's not. I'll call her. Thanks so much. And Caroline starts to, you know, hang up. And Elena says, oh, and by the way, just one more thing. Can you keep tonight small? And Caroline doesn't answer that. Instead, she says, wear something pretty and hangs up. And I'm sorry, Elena knew she wasn't going to keep it small. Otherwise, she wouldn't have had to say this. Yeah. Like, I don't really know what you expected. 
And then we have a quick little shot of Tyler approaching Caroline and they smile at each other. And we don't really know what's going on there yet, but we'll check in with them in a second. Once Elena's off the phone, Alaric asks if that was Stefan news. And Elena says, you know, it could be more Klaus victims. And Alaric says like, oh, are you sure Stefan is still with Klaus? And Elena says, yeah, it's pretty easy to be sure when the alternative is that he's dead. Yeah, she's like, I'm just convincing myself he's alive at this point. And if he's alive, he's with Klaus. So I'm sticking with that. Yeah, she's like, one thing about me is I am in denial. Yeah, she said, I don't know if you've talked to me at all over the past couple of months. I'm deeply in denial of what is happening. And as this conversation is happening, Alaric is like folding up a blanket because he slept on the couch. And Elena says, hey, are you still okay on the couch? Like you've spent the whole summer there. You can use a bedroom. But Alaric is right that he's like, I don't really want to sleep in your dead parents' room or my dead girlfriend's room. Yeah, and neither one of those is really ideal. The dead parents is slightly better. Because he didn't know them. Yeah, because he didn't know them. But it's weird because then he would feel like he's taking the place of the parents, which he already kind of feels like a little bit, I think. Yeah, and it's a very uncomfortable position for him because he doesn't feel responsible. Similar to how Jenna felt when she had custody of them, worth noting. So they drink some coffee and then Alaric says, hey, Elena, happy birthday. We knew from the episode description that it was Elena's birthday, that the party was Elena's birthday party. But this is the first time someone says happy birthday to Elena. Yeah. So if we were watching the show live, this would be our confirmation of that. She says thanks, but of course she's not having a happy birthday. Yeah, she says it's just another day without Stefan, but thank you. Yeah. So then we go over to the Salvatore house. Damon is drinking champagne in the bathtub. Mood. Sure. And I hate to say it, his hair looks absolutely terrible. I don't know if it gets better over the season or if we just adjust. And I understand that this was still kind of in the Bieber phase. This was like 2011. This was very popular. His hair was very popular at the time, but it really, it's raising Stefan's stock because Stefan looks hotter than Damon in this episode easily. Yeah, it's definitely not close this episode as, you know, Big Damon Stan, I'm sorry, Stefan looks hotter today. And it's just that it's a little too long. Yes. It's flipping up at the bottom by his neck. That's not what it should be doing. And Andy is at the mirror doing her makeup. Good to see her. (laughs) Good to see she's still kicking for now. Yeah, I was like, oh, look at Andy made it into another season. Who fucking knew? She probably got the script for this episode and she was like, oh, I'm in another episode. Cool. And then she read the whole script. She said, yeah, that makes sense. She said that tracks. This made me be like, damn, is Andy going to be a main character? Like, Because we hadn't seen her at the end of the last season. And I kept forgetting whether she had died or not, to be completely honest. And so then I saw her today. I was like, oh, maybe Andy's going to be part of the group. I mean, she's a journalist. She could do something useful. Yeah, she proves herself pretty useful in the beginning of this episode. And I mean, she's useful in the end, too. She's just useful to Stefan. So Damon says, oh, we're out of champagne. And Andy says, no, you're out of champagne. I don't drink in the morning. You can get more for yourself. I'm not your slave queen feminism even being compelled she's a feminist babes so he gets out of the bathtub naked he drips water everywhere and goes downstairs and they have their little like the books are in the shot they are stepping up the sexy this season they said look we see gossip girl is on our tail we gotta get some nudity at least suggested yeah we gotta have some sexiness coming into this show They're fucking over on Gossip Girl and all we've got is vampires. We are not going to be the nerd show. Like they are fucking on a burr in Gossip Girl in the pilot. They're like, no, we have to step it up. (laughs) And they do. And they do. So Elena comes in and she hears Damon. She says, say hi. She sees he's full naked. 
And she is like very scandalized by it. Of course she is. And he says, you know, you should knock. Like, what if I was indecent? And she's like, okay, stop this. So she tosses him a blanket and he covers up. And she gets to the point of why she's here. She says, hey, by the way, the sheriff gave us another location, Memphis. And Damon says, oh, you mean another dead end? And she's like, look, I'm hopeful, but Damon obviously isn't. He sarcastically says, you're right. Like, this could be the one. After two months, this could be the clue we need. And she says, fine, I'll go to Memphis alone. Damon says, no, Klaus thinks you're dead. Let's keep it that way. Elena mentions that they haven't had a new lead in a while. Damon says he'll check it out. Obviously, Elena doesn't really believe him, we find out. To be fair to Elena, when Damon says like, oh, yeah, this could be the one. This could be the one. Like, that's how leads work. This very well could be the one that works. But obviously, he already knows where the leads are going. He has more information than her. He kind of sees the writing on the wall and he does not want to have the conversation. He's going to have to have it, though. So Damon goes upstairs and he puts the clue in the cabinet of it's like a urine wall thing. It's very built out. It's very criminal minds. He puts the lead up on it and he tells Andy and Andy says, oh, Memphis, you know, the Florida victim you had me look into had family in Tennessee. Finally, the value of a journalist on your team. Yeah, she is doing some work. We love that. When you see that, you're like, oh, maybe she will live. Yeah, I was like, oh, cool. She's involved in this now. And I was like, and he seems to be like, enjoying hanging out with her a little bit more i was like you know maybe maybe she's good (laughs) damon says you up for a road trip and she says i literally have a job that i have to go to she's like i work full time i can't just go to memphis today yeah she's like you know i am a news anchor and the news is on every day and she says but i'll try to get you an address and i'll see you at the party and she leaves so then we go over to the grill jeremy is in like the walk-in or a pantry, FaceTiming Bonnie. He wants her to come home. She also wants to come home. She's super bored with her dad's side of the family. Yeah, because that's not the witch side. (laughs) Yeah, not totally clear where Bonnie is or why she's out of town right now. Likely Kat Graham had some kind of scheduling conflict. I haven't looked that deep into it. I don't particularly care. She's not there. That's the point. And Bonnie asks how the grill is. Jeremy says it is teaching him the value of a mundane human experience. He's like, man, some people's lives are just like this. Matt's life is. (laughs) He's like, that sucks. (laughs) And she says, you know, you needed something normal. And then as if on cue, the lights flicker. And he says, hey, I have to get back to work. He tries to hang up and she says, hey, are you okay?" And he says, yeah. She's like, why are the lights flickering? That's weird. But she doesn't dig too deeply into it. He hangs up and then Vicky briefly appears. He is scared, drops his phone, bends down looks up and Anna appears and she reaches out to him. But then Matt bursts in because Matt is desperate for some help. He says, Jeremy, please switch sections with me because Caroline and Tyler just sat in mine. So a little bit of restaurant goss. Matt got promoted from busboy to server and Jeremy immediately got fast tracked to server. So they're both servers. Yeah. Jeremy didn't even have to bust. I bet Jeremy got hired as a server and Matt was like what the fuck I've been here longer why am I still bussing and they're like oh shit um I guess you can serve yeah (laughs) they're like oh fuck we have to promote him now too he's pissed (laughs) yeah Jeremy looks around he doesn't see any ghosts Matt is all in his own world he's like I do not want to wait on my ex-girlfriend it's like okay they're your friends but whatever I get it well it's so funny he's like can we switch sections and Jeremy's like why would I care about that like just go serve them it doesn't matter Jeremy's like, I have much bigger problems than you serving Tyler and Caroline. 
Yeah. He's like, suck it up, loser. <laughs> but Jeremy, as a matter of fact, sucks it up. We go out to the patio where Caroline is sitting with Tyler. And she says that when she was at Tyler's house yesterday, his mom kept eyeing her. Now, Tyler chalks this up to his mom thinking they're dating, but we know later that that's not quite right. She might think that and she wouldn't be happy about it if so. So Jeremy comes to take their order, but Caroline quickly says, hey, did Matt make you switch sections? It's honestly more embarrassing for Matt to have switched sections. Yeah. Jeremy doesn't confirm it, but Caroline knows apparently whose section is whose. And she says to Tyler, oh, you know, Matt thinks we're dating. And Tyler says, yeah, so does my mom. We're together all the time. It's really not a huge leap. He's like, we're hanging out all the time. We're literally sitting at a table on the patio, like just the two of us. Like this looks like a date. He's like, that's not crazy. And Caroline says, that's crazy. (laughs) And Tyler says, right. And they're clearly into each other, looking at each other, like sussing each other out. And Jeremy clocks this and Jeremy's chipping. Yeah. He's like, okay, good for y'all, I guess. They're like, yeah, that would be so funny, huh? Right? Right? Isn't that funny? Isn't that weird? You can say if it's not funny, they look at each other and it's like, okay, well, neither of us are going to say this, I guess. Moving on. So then we go to a bar called Southern Comfort, which is where the gals led us to in the original house. Looks like a dope bar. Ray comes in. Everyone's greeting him, being really friendly. Klaus approaches Ray at the bar and says, hey, Ray Sutton. And Ray says, who wants to know? Which is basically, yes, that's me. Klaus says, you know, I've been looking everywhere for you. Pensacola, then Memphis, now here. So you've been looking three places for him. And really two, because this can't be that far from Memphis. Yeah. And Ray pretty quickly understands that even though he doesn't know this guy's intentions, it's not good that this guy's been following him to three cities. Yeah. So Ray says, you know, actually, I think I'm going to go. Yeah, he's like, "Uh, I'm done with this. This can't be good. (laughs) And Klaus says, oh, not so fast. You know, your type are actually really hard to come by. So then Ray's like, "Okay, that's a werewolf thing. I better go. So he tries to leave, but Stefan stops him. And Ray pretty quickly realizes like, oh, you two are vampires. Yeah, he's like, "Okay, I'm in danger. And Klaus says, good guess. As a matter of fact, my friend is a vampire and he's compelled everyone in this bar. And then you look up and everyone in the bar is like looking. They're all compelled. So funny. When I was watching this, I kind of forgot that Ray had come in later. I was like, how did he do that while Ray was there? But it's still funny like that he just went up to every single person like, hey, real quick, did the compulsion just went around the whole bar. That's the plus of having a lackey if you're Klaus. Yeah. Klaus says, you know, but me, I'm built different. I'm like part vampire, part wolf. I'm both. And Ray says, what? How does the sun and the moon curse affect you? (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) I would love to see like the werewolves have to learn that the sun and the moon curse isn't real. Like, cause it's not like everyone knows that it's fake now. Like people must still be looking into it. You know? Yeah. I wonder if anyone's like, we got to find the doppelganger. People are still like looking for moonstones. (laughs) And Klaus says, here's the thing. I want more people like me. And you're the first werewolf I've come across in many a moon, pun intended. So can you bring me to your pack, please? And Ray says, you can't compel me. It won't work. It's a little touch and go if it will or not. I don't think it will in this case, although he did compel the other werewolves earlier. Well, he might be drinking Vervain. Oh, yeah. For whatever reason. I was going to say maybe his friends called him and told him to drink Vervain, but they couldn't do that because they were busy dying. They were busy getting their heads chopped off. They were busy being ripped to shreds. And for whatever reason, Ray can't be compelled right now. 
So Stefan orders a scotch on the rocks and says, tell you what, let's play a drinking game. It's called Truth or Wolfsbane. And Klaus says, that sounds so fun. And Ray pretty quickly sees this day is not going to go well for him. The thing about wolves, they don't have that many weaknesses, but man, do they fucking hate Wolfsbane. Wolfsbane has them down so bad. You even mention Wolfsbane and they shit their pants. Like literally. Like vampires don't have the same reaction to Vervain, or maybe they do. It's not this intense to Vervain, I feel like. Everyone's like, Vervain. But Wolfsbane is like, oh my God. If they said there's Vervain in this cup, it'd be like, okay. Then I like, I don't want to drink it, but they wouldn't like, you know, the way the werewolves do with Wolfsbane. And I'm sorry, it's called Wolfsbane. People must know that it's a weakness for you. It's in the name. Like you gotta start having a poker face about this. <laughs> I thought it was just Mason. And obviously a poker face wouldn't have worked in this situation because they know what it does, but at least try to not look so scared. At least say like, oh no, actually funniest thing about me, Wolfsbane like doesn't hurt me. No, I'm different. <laughs> or just be like, oh, Wolfsbane is the best you have. Like, yeah, it'll hurt you, whatever. It'll probably still work, but at least put a little bit of doubt in their mind. But they do not. So then we go back over to the Tennessee house where Sarah Cooper once lived and Damon and Alaric roll up. Damon gets a call from Elena, which he declines. And Alaric says, I really don't know why you don't just tell her where we are. Damon says, you know what? This is a half lead. I don't want to get her hopes up. Rick says, you know, they're all half leads. And now I'm your accomplice and I'm living there. So I don't know what to say to her. Damon is wearing the ugliest shirt I've ever seen. It looks yeah. like he got this from the women's section of the thrift store. I have seen this exact shirt there many times. And Alaric's wearing a little baseball tee, which I have to stand. Yeah, Alaric is looking very hot right now. Alaric's kind of topping out hotness this season so far. We'll see how he grows. Well, yeah, he's got his little stubble that he has when he's grieving. Um, that's <laughs> handy. That's hot. He looks good when he's grieving a wife or girlfriend, maybe. <laughs> that's the sweet spot for him. That's yeah. why he can never keep a wife because he gets really hot after they die. Yeah. The universe wants him to stay hot. Yeah. God is a woman and she's like, no, he looks ugly now. Yeah. Kill her. Let's kill another one. <laughs> kill that bitch. <laughs> um, Alaric confirms to Damon that he is sleeping on the couch at the Gilbert house and says he keeps waiting for them to kick him out, but they don't. And he's not sure why, because he's not helping. I'm sure why, Alaric, you are actually helping. Yeah, he's very like, I don't know why they're letting me be there. I'm just hanging out and doing nothing. Like, they just want an adult presence around. Someone who knew Jenna and can, like, be there for them. I don't know why he can't see that he's being helpful. So they can all grieve together, you know? Yeah, I guess he still has his apartment, but I wouldn't be super happy staying there knowing Klaus has, like, been kind of living there on and off, you know? He's been invited in. Every vampire could come into that apartment now. Yeah. And if Klaus came back to town, guess where he's fucking staying? There. So you might as well move out, buddy. They notice it's really quiet. And so they go into the house. Damon can come in with no issue. So we know they're both dead. And in case we weren't sure, there's blood literally all over the walls. There are like 20 handprints in blood. It's like, how many times did you guys need to grab the wall? It wasn't working, girl. (laughs) They had to try something. Stefan was just holding the arms and like slapping the wall. Just for fun. And then they see the bodies sitting on a couch and they look pretty tame at first. You know, they're just sitting there covered in blood. And Alaric says, oh yeah, totally vampire for sure. And Damon says, actually, it's Stefan for sure. It's his signature. That's why they call him a ripper. He feeds like crazy. He tears them apart. 
And then he feels remorse after and puts their bodies back together. And then he nudges one of the girls and her head falls off. I, that really took me by surprise because the remorse thing, I was like, okay, I can believe that. Uh, it was giving very criminal minds. And I also, when we first came into this room, when they were sitting up, staring one direction, I was like, okay, Stefan left them a clue and he made them look at it. So they would look for a clue. Stefan did not leave a clue. Uh, but I was really, I was really in my criminal minds uh, headspace. The clue he left was I killed these two. The clue he left was ripping their heads off. Yeah. <laughs> and this crystallizes, I mean, so we've we've seen Stefan on human blood before at the end of season one. And it wasn't good, but it wasn't awful. And we've heard Stefan talk about how awful he was as a ripper. We haven't really gotten proof until now. This is a pretty vicious kill. Two pretty vicious kills. Yeah, pretty rough. And can I ask a question? I would love for you to. So they mentioned that he feels remorse after killing them, but he's a ripper, which means his humanity would be off. Wouldn't you not be able to feel remorse if your humanity were off? This is what I think the assumption we're meant to make is, is that Stefan, when he first became a vampire, before his humanity was turned off because he likes his feelings, you know that about Stefan, yeah. really got into blood and started killing people and feeling remorse about it, which led him to turn off his humanity. So, and I mean, we'll see more people turn off their humanity as the show goes on. And we may or may not see Stefan turn off his humanity and see how he reacts in those situations. But it's kind of normal when a vampire's humanity is turned off to be basically a little how we've talked about vampires enjoying the hunt and enjoying the kill. Mm -hmm. Doing something showy at the end of a kill is kind of something a vampire with their humanity off would do because they don't care if they get caught. So I think what the assumption we're meant to make is is that Stefan used to feel remorse when he killed people. And so when his humanity's off, he thinks it's funny to put them back together. I think it's some kind of that that was a habit he formed when his humanity was on. And when his humanity was off, he's like, that's silly. I think that is the assumption. And this is early enough in the show. Again, we're kind of now getting into the humanity thing. As the seasons go on more, they really crystallize what turning off your humanity means and they make it a much harder line. In these first few seasons, they make it seem like much more of a gray area. So it's also possible that they were like, oh, well, when someone's humanity's off, they still feel things, which eventually it becomes like, if your humanity's off, you feel nothing. And yeah, we'll see some examples of that as the show goes on. Who knows which characters will do it? Yeah. We'll see. We'll just have to see. Because, you know, I'll just say the reason I ask that too is because at this point, I'm of the belief of the theory that, during these kills, Stefan turns that humanity right off. I do think that's a dangerous game because then turning it back on is hard, but he can't exactly keep his humanity on directly around Klaus. That's an issue. So you think he's kind of toggling the switch right now? Yeah, which I think is harder, but I feel like Stefan himself, it would get him after two months of just killing people and having to really kill them heavy. Like, I think it's easier for him to turn off his humanity for a while and then take a little moment when he has a moment to feel a bunch of guilt just to kind of keep him in check. I don't know how easy that is to do, but that's just my thought. So then we go over to the Salvatore house. Elena and Caroline are setting up for the birthday party tonight and Elena's venting about Damon. She's like, I just feel like I have to fight him every time we get a lead. And Tyler says, maybe he doesn't want to find Stefan. Yeah, Tyler's like, it doesn't seem that difficult. Maybe he just wants Stefan to stay away. And 
Elena's like, um, what? And Tyler's like, well, he's into you, isn't he? And Caroline and Elena are like, dude, keep your voice down the fuck. Yeah. Tyler's like, I'm sorry. I, like, no one ever talks about this. So do you guys not know? Because he's like, this feels obvious to me, but I've never heard anyone say it. Like, am I saying something we don't know? Which, like, obviously everyone knows, but they've all kind of agreed to not say anything. Tyler's like, wait, do you guys not know that Damon's in love with Elena? And like, of course we fucking know that. Everyone knows that. Tyler's like, it seems pretty obvious. Are you guys missing that? <laughs> and Elena says, no, the only reason Stefan left with Klaus was to save Damon's life. So, of course, Damon wants to find him. And Tyler says, yeah, but you kissed him and probably screwed with his head. And Caroline says, Tyler. <laughs> Caroline's like, Tyler. <laughs> and Elena is embarrassed, but not surprised that this secret is out. Caroline says, sorry. Elena says, yeah, okay, yes, I did kiss him, but I thought he was going to die. <laughs> it was a goodbye kiss. I love it because Elena can't be that mad because she has to, like, know that any secret she tells Caroline is not a secret and also it's not like like Tyler is her friend too it's not like a big deal if Tyler knows this this is kind of a sign that Tyler's integrating more into our main group than he has been so far so that's kind of fun yeah he's getting some of the same information and that's why he's suddenly like wait he's into you though I'm sorry have you guys not discussed this he's like oh my god am I helping like no they know buddy (laughs) <laughs> not a secret and then elena says oh bonnie called me i'm gonna go call her back she leaves and caroline says hey tyler just because i tell you things doesn't mean you're allowed to know them and he's like have you met me i'm full stupid yeah how am i supposed to know what i'm supposed to keep a secret you have to spell it out for me girl yeah he's like you got to give me more clear directions next time he said i need a lot of guidance he said explain it to me like i'm two <laughs> and then tyler says well you know i have to run because I really need the time to go change and pick up Sophie. And Caroline says, you're bringing slutty Sophie as your date? Queen. Sophie, queen. Love you, girl. I love you, Sophie. You know someone's fun when the only nickname people can think to call you is slutty Sophie. Yeah, she's like, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, y'all know me. You're like, that's me, babe. Her Instagram username is slutty Sophie. (laughs) Or it's like Sophie69 or something. Like something that she thinks is like, Subtle. Secret and subtle, but it's just like, it's okay, girl, you're a slut. Sophie XO, something like that. Yeah. So Tyler says, you know, it's been pretty slow in that department. And also, I'm horny all the time. And Caroline says, tell me about it. I'm also horny all the time. It is like a vampire thing. And Tyler's like, yeah, it's also a werewolf thing. And they're like looking at each other sexily. They're like, I just can't turn off how horny I am. They're like, anything you want to say about that? Yeah, they're both like looking at each other, thinking the other one might say something. And then Caroline is the one to break the moment, says, well, I hope you get lucky tonight. And he says, "Okay, see ya. He says, "Okay, I guess I guess no from you then. It's clear that and, you know, Tyler says this much later. It's clear that Tyler's into her, but he doesn't want to make the move because the last time he made the move, she was like, um, get away from me, please. And (laughs) not for nothing. I don't get the sense that Tyler gets rejected that often. I would not be rejecting him anything personally. So I think he's like, oh shit, that one stung. So he's not about to jump into that again. And he likes having her as a friend. She's helped a lot. So he's like, okay, balls in her court. And Caroline's like, oh, choices. I hate them. Like, I don't know what to do. (laughs) (laughs) So then we go back over to Tennessee. Damon is pouring gasoline on the bodies because he wants to cover Klaus and Stefan's tracks. He says, clearly they don't have a problem getting caught, but I want them to stay in the dark. 
And then as they're getting everything set up, they lift a rug and they find a trap door to a cellar with chains. So confirmation that this is a werewolf house. We already knew that, but okay. Yeah, pretty clear it's a werewolf house unless they somehow are doing something a lot more nefarious, in which case, good thing they died. (laughs) Yeah. And then Damon drops a match. They set the house on fire. They leave. And then we go back over to the Southern Comfort Burr. Things have escalated. Um, Ray is tied to a wall against a dirtboard. And Stefan is stirring scotch and wolfsbane together with the dirts that he is throwing at Ray. And you made a comment at this time that Stefan is a lot hotter yeah. when he supposedly has his humanity off. And I want to bring that to attention because that is a very popular opinion in the Vampire Diaries fan world. I know he's throwing dirts at this guy. Uh, it was sexy. It was very, very sexy to me. He's wearing his little black T-shirt, so you know he's evil at the moment. Yeah. Paul Wesley is looking incredibly hot right now. And he always does. He always does, but something about him in full, so guilty, Stefan mode. I'm like, oh, shut up. As you would say, holier than thou. Yeah. He's not being holier than thou right now. He is not. He is hotter than thou. (laughs) (laughs) Klaus is watching in admiration as Stefan throws the dirts at Ray. And Stefan says, hey, you can end this right now, dude. Just tell me where your pack gathers for the full moon. Ray, you know, fights back. He says, I can't do that. And Stefan says, oh, my God, I get it. I get it. You guys live by a code. But the thing is, he's not going to let me stop until you tell me. And I do whatever he says. So that's how it goes around here. And this is kind of funny because, like, they probably all gathered at this house. You guys just didn't look because you were busy ripping people to shreds. Oh, yeah. That's an interesting point. They didn't really do much investigative work at the house, which I guess why would they? That's not really what Klaus is known for. (laughs) Yeah, Klaus isn't known for, like, taking a beat and thinking, you know, logically. Yeah, that's not really his skill set. As Stefan is kind of threatening Ray, a woman approaches Klaus and Stefan eavesdrop. And the woman says, like, hey, you told me to tell you if I saw anything. And I saw that guy's brother, Damon, at the farmhouse you guys just left. And Klaus says, Thanks so much. Keep up the good work on the neighborhood watch, honey. Stefan walks up to Klaus. He doesn't even pretend he didn't overhear. And Stefan's like, oh, is my brother still following us? And Klaus says, yeah, and he's getting closer. So I'm going to have to deal with that. And Stefan says, no, 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 let me handle it. And Klaus says, now, why on earth would I let you leave? Yeah, Klaus, like, it would be a lot easier to just kill him. And Stefan says, well, you know, I'll come back because you saved my brother's life and therefore I'm in your service. And Klaus says, in your service, it sounds indentured. Aren't you having any fun? He's like, I thought you were enjoying the little dirt game. I thought that looked so fun. He's like, I've been having a good time, bro. Stefan says, I'll make sure my brother does not bother us anymore. See, and in this moment, it seems that if his humanity were off, he wouldn't have even reacted to this. I'm just throwing that out. And to Damon following them? To Damon following him, wouldn't have reacted this way. Yeah, he would have let Klaus go deal with him. He would have just been like, okay, whatever. Klaus is going to do what he's going to do, you know? Mm -hmm. And frankly, I mean, it's a lot easier to throw darts at a werewolf than it is to rip a girl to shreds mentally. That's true. I mean, he'll heal. Well, and he knows this werewolf isn't about to be like killed. Mm -hmm. That's not what they're there for, you know? Well, he's about to be killed, but not permanently killed. Not killed, killed. So it's kind of an easier time to have that humanity on. Yeah would push the argument that humanity probably has to be on all the time because how are you going to just toggle decide when it's going to be easier but i'm i'm debating it myself in real time (laughs) of course 
So then we go back over to the Salvatore house. Elena is getting ready for her party. She's wearing a little white dress. She's dressed for her first communion. It is a cute dress, but it's just not what I was expecting for her birthday party. It wouldn't look cute on everyone, but of course, Elena's not everyone. She's looking in the mirror and Damon watches. And Elena says, like, don't worry, I'm not going to lose it before the cake. And he says, hey, it's your party. You can cry if you want to. And then he goes into the room there in Stefan's room. And Damon says, like, Stefan is such a pack rat. And then he picks up a photo of Stelena from, like, episode three because Stefan's got his football jersey on. The one episode Stefan played football. Yeah. (laughs) Never forget Friday Night Bites. (laughs) He puts it down. And Damon says, I got you something. I know you made me promise you not to buy you anything. So I didn't. And Elena says, you stole it? And he says, no, I found it. And it is her necklace, which I don't exactly remember when it went missing. Pre-sacrifice, during sacrifice. She thought the necklace was gone. And then Damon says that Alaric found it in his loft and thought she would be happy to get it back. And she says she is. She thanks him. There's clearly like a lot of warmth here. You know, obviously, Elena's still in love with Stefan, blah, blah, blah. But she does a very interesting move, which is she asks Damon to put the necklace on. Yeah, and I'm sorry. I know you can put that necklace on yourself. And I know you're not going to kiss Damon while you're trying to save his brother that you're in love with. But if you had no feelings for him, you would have put that damn necklace on yourself, girl. You want some fingertips on your shoulders. Do you think Elena has feelings for Damon at this moment? I think she does, but she doesn't know what they mean. Like, I don't think she's necessarily thinking like, oh my God, I have feelings for Damon. But I think she's feeling very bonded to Damon right now. And at this point, I'm sure she's like, well, it's because we're both looking for Stefan. We're both going through this thing where this person that we both care about very, very deeply is missing. That's what I think she's reading it as, which it is partially that. But there's a reason she wasn't actively letting people know she kissed Damon. Mm -hmm. There's a reason that felt like a secret. She knows something. I don't think she's tracking it in that way yet necessarily, or she's in denial more likely. She's feeling something. I mean, there are some sparks putting a necklace on. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, he puts her necklace on. It's definitely a little romantic. And they're like looking at each other. It's very like charged. Elena steals a glance at his lips. She thinks I didn't notice. She has a little quick peek, don't we all? But you're taking mama. <laughs> but Damon doesn't make a move. Instead, he puts out his arm and says, shall we? And they go down to the party. Downstairs at the party, it's a classic house party. It's big. Everyone is saying happy birthday, Elena, because lest we forget, Elena is canonically popular. Yeah, I mean, of course she is. Look how hot she is. <laughs> yeah, she's hot. She was a cheerleader and her parents died. Everyone's like, oh my God, we have to be super nice to Elena. Yeah. And she's dating like the hottest guy in school. And her boyfriend's brother is super hot. And she's friends with a hot history teacher. Like every hot person is friends with her. Like every single one. Elena is shook by how big the party is. And she shouldn't be. Randos walk by with a bottle of nice bourbon. And Damon says, um, you need to not have that. <laughs> he compels them to go get something else. Yeah, he compels them to go to the cheap stuff. Should have locked that up, buddy. It's a high school party. They're going to find the bourbon. Yeah, literally. And then Caroline approaches and she says, hey, you guys like it? Elena says, this is keeping it small. And Caroline's like, I never said I was going to do that. Yeah, I was very careful to never promise that. Caroline's like, even if I had wanted to do that, it would have gotten out of hand anyway. So who cares? Exactly. But Elena pretty quickly is like, 
okay, well, I don't actually really care. And she says, what are we drinking? Yeah, I'm sure she's probably like, yeah, if it's a bigger party, then if I want to melt down, I can just leave. Who's going to notice? Yeah. So she loosens up a little bit and goes with Caroline. Elsewhere, Matt approaches Jeremy. He's rolling a joint that he says he bought from a line cook. And if that ain't representation for restaurant workers, I don't know what is. Hashtag restaurant life. Yeah. I know the line cooks at Mystic Grill are hot. <laughs> I know they are. I know the line cooks at Mystic Grill would treat me right. Okay. I know they would. They're the hotties that would be nice to me because we all remember Ben. He was a bartender, not a line cook. And no one would think he would be a line cook. Yeah. Look at his face. Look at his personality. Jeremy is a line cook adjacent. Well, and you also know that Jeremy's friends with the line cooks. Oh, yeah. Matt is not friends with the line cooks because he always, always, always puts an order in wrong. And then he comes in and makes them make something on the fly. He's like, hey, guys, can you make a hamburger on the fly? I forgot that they didn't want cheese. Jeremy, on the other hand, is a stellar waiter, never puts an order in wrong, always thanks them. So they are always giving Jeremy food and free weed, which they are not giving to Matt. That's me reading into the politics of the Mystic Grill. I think that's very true. Uh, and Matt is terrified of the line cooks. He is. Yeah. He, he fully is scared of them. <laughs> Matt walks in and they're like, hey, Casper, the friendly ghost. They flame him every time he comes in. Yeah. He's terrified to go in that kitchen. He's like, Jeremy, can you go ask him to make more tater tots? Yeah, he's freaked out. And yes, Jeremy gets free weed. Matt pays like an insane amount if he buys it. Yeah. They're like, yeah, this joint is $50. And he's like, whoa. And they're like, no, that's a good deal. And he's like, okay, if you guys say so, because he wants them to think he's cool so bad. He spends like his entire check on weed because he's a dumbass. They're like, oh, we'll give you free weed if you just give us all your tips. So it's not free. But And he's like, yo, that's a sweet deal. <laughs> that would actually be a good deal because Matt's tips are probably bad. That's not true. The old women probably like him. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, he blames the line cooks on all his mistakes. Yeah. He's like, oh, I'm so sorry. The kitchen is just so lazy. And they're like, yeah. And the line cooks are glaring at him. <laughs> anyway. So Matt asks Jeremy what has him on his downward spiral, because it must be more interesting than his. It is. It is, Matt. It is more interesting than yours. There is no one less interesting on the show than you, Matt. No one. I would sooner listen to an extra. And Jeremy says, oh, you don't want to know. And to be fair, he doesn't because it has to do with his dead sister. And Matt never reacts well to talking about his dead sister. But Matt says, how bad can it be? I already know everything else. You barely do. I mean, I guess he does technically know everything else, but he's barely scratched the surface. I think he's been told everything else. I don't think he remembers it all. Yeah. I don't think he understands half of it. So they light up the joint. They do not bring it to their lips at all in this scene. We do have to remember this is a CW show. And I want you to look at it again if you think they brought it to their lips. In this scene, it doesn't even get close to their lips. We see Matt like breathe out as though he just inhaled, but no smoke. We don't really see any smoke and we didn't see the joint in his mouth. They're like, look, it's season three. Your popular show will let you have a joint on screen. No one can be seen smoking it. We have to draw a line somewhere. And so Jeremy says, you know, I died, right? And then Bonnie brought me back to life with magic. And Matt says, oh, yeah, Elena told me. Matt's like, yeah, I don't understand how that worked at all. Continue. And Jeremy <laughs> says, well... I've been kind of like seeing things. And Matt says, what kind of things? Do a logic jump, King. It's ghosts. Yeah. What could he be seeing? It's at best ghosts, at worst, full hallucinations. But Matt isn't known for jumping to logical conclusions. Oh, brother, this guy stinks. So he says, what kind of things? Jeremy says things I shouldn't be seeing, and he also confirms to Matt that he hasn't told Bonnie or anybody about it. So he feels the need to chill out, 
And he says, that's why I got this joint again, Jeremy. It hasn't touched your lips. You know, I know Jeremy's a, an experienced pot smoker, but if you're seeing ghosts and feeling a little overwhelmed by what you're seeing, maybe, maybe be careful with drugs is all I'm going to say. Maybe you shouldn't get high. Yeah. Maybe (laughs) stick to something else. Yeah. So then Caroline and Elena walk towards the quote unquote stoner den and they notice Matt, who is quote unquote high again, the joint hasn't touched his lips, so he's not. And so Matt approaches them and he kisses Elena on the cheek and says, happy birthday. And she like stiffly nods and says like, okay, thank you. And he walks away from them and he just does not acknowledge Caroline. And Caroline says, great. He hates me and his hatred of me has driven him to drugs. iconic line from her and elena says he doesn't hate you he hates that he's not with you and then she notices that jeremy is sitting over there in the stoner den and at this point the joint is very very close to jeremy's lips it's like an inch away when we see it but we do not see him inhale yes is still the key here it is the cw again they are trying to get the gossip girl audience to tune in Yeah, Gossip Girl was out there having Blake Lively full snort cocaine on the show. And they're like, we have to bring drugs in. They're like, and look, these kids can't afford cocaine. And Jeremy notably already smoked weed. That was the whole thing he did in season one. We just never saw it. Yeah. Then we go out to the porch where Alaric and Damon are hanging out by themselves because it's weird that they're here. Um, Alaric says he is the chaperone teacher from hell. And Damon says he loves high school parties. It's so weird that Alaric is here. <laughs> yeah. Like, I get that your friends, whatever, at least at a school dance, you're a chaperone. There's a reason you're there. This is a, like a student's party. If I am at my friend's party and like my teacher's there, I'm like, whoa, what the fuck? My teacher's there drinking hella bourbon. I'm like, oh, that can't be good. If I'm at this high school party, so imagine I'm friends with Elena because Elena's popular, right? Let's go down this journey. Elena invites me to a birthday party. I'm also friends with Caroline, whatever. Caroline invites me to Elena's birthday party at the Salvatore house, the house of Elena's boyfriend, who notably has been out of town all summer. I'm like, okay, Stefan's not in school, right? Why are we at his house? So I'm like, oh, he's got an older brother, but that's weird. Okay, so the brother is friends with Mr. Saltzman. Mr. Saltzman and Elena are having sex. That's the logic jump I'm taking. Yeah, that's a fair logic jump, I think. I'm starting that rumor. Oh, yeah, I'm starting that rumor. I'll start... I'll start any rumor. That's a fun one to start. Well, I would be like, well, I mean, she could be dating Stefan's brother, but that's weird because that's his brother. Yeah. She's definitely fucking the teacher. Yeah. And he keeps leaving her house in the afternoon. Like he I think he's living there with her. He literally drives her to her house and gets out of the car with her. It's just looking suspicious, buddy. And no one reports anything because, again, if they went to the sheriff, the sheriff would be like, Okay, I'll investigate. It should be like, look, I'm going to be honest. That is so low on my priority list. And also, I know that's not the case, so it's fine. Anyway, so Damon confirms that Andy is coming to this party as well after her 10 p.m. broadcast. Because she's busy, busy. She's a working woman. Elena approaches and she says, hey, give me your drink, Damon. And she drinks some of his bourbon. And then she says, Jeremy's smoking again. And Damon says, oh, is his stash any good? Jeremy doesn't know. He hasn't smoked it. Yeah. Elena, once again, gets so offended by the fact that no one else seems to care that Jeremy's smoking weed. It's because it's weed, girl. Yeah, it's fine. Elena asks Alaric to talk to Jeremy because he looks up to him. And then Elena leaves. (laughs) Damon says, "Okay, well, you're screwed. Alaric's like, I don't care if he smokes weed. Alaric's like, I'm not your fucking dad. He's like, look, he's just a teenage boy smoking weed. I think he's fine. 
It's like, I never understood why Jenna cared about that either. I'm going to be honest with you. His aunt just died and two of his girlfriends died. And I'm dealing with grief in my own way. I think he's fine. He's smoking a joint at a party. He's not like smoking every day at home. Alaric's like, I don't know if you know this about me, but I black out from alcohol every night. I am more of a concern than Jeremy. He's like, have you seen how many bottles of bourbon go through this household? Uh, I think I should be the one you're worried about, to be fair. I think Jeremy should talk to me. Yeah. So then we go over to the news station where Andy is on the phone. She's like, look, I'm the last person here. Let's just deal with this in the morning. I'm trying to go to a party. When she said I'm the last person here, I said, oh, she's about to die here. And she I said, oh, no, the writing was on the wall immediately. So she goes into the soundstage. Lord knows why. And a spotlight turns on her and she says, hey, my retinas are burning. Now, she should have run immediately, but I don't think it would have mattered anyway. So whatever. Yeah, it's not a good sign if you think you're the last one here and a follow spot comes on. Yeah. But hey, she's a star. She's like, okay, I'll come to the spotlight like moths to a flame. Yeah. So she walks out of the light and they move it on her again. And she says, okay, seriously? And then the light turns off and she says, hello. And at this point, she finally does start to run. She runs faster than Sarah Cooper ran and she was in less danger. Yeah, she's working for it. I feel like at this point, if I'm working at a newscast, I'd assume it was like, whatever, Dave in the lighting booth, like messing with me. I'd be like, okay, haha, Dave, see you later. Like, I would literally not react. Like, I would be like, okay, bye. Like, weird. Like, that's <laughs> not my business. I'm not supposed to touch the lights. I'm the talent. Yeah, I'm not in charge of lights. If the lighting people left the fall spot on overnight, that's not my issue. Yeah, not my circus, not my monkeys. <laughs> and then as she's running, she trips and the light turns back on and Stefan walks in front of it. She's scared at first, but then she's relieved when she realizes it's Stefan because she's like, oh my God, Stefan, thank God it's you. We've been looking for you. And then she clocks that he is not smiling and he's looking mean. And then the veins appear. Yeah, she's like, oh, shit. She's like, okay, this is not good. I'm probably going to die tonight. She's like, okay, I was right to run, it turns out. Oops. (laughs) But we leave them alone for a minute. We go back over to the party. Everyone's playing drinking games. They're dancing. Tyler is dancing with slutty Sophie as Caroline watches drinking tequila straight from the bottle. Mood all around. And Miss Sophie is living up to her nickname, baby. I love her. She is serving. (laughs) I love Sophie. She's my queen. I would be her best friend. So then Matt approaches Caroline and gestures to Tyler and Sophie. And he says, oh, hey, since when are they a thing? And Caroline says, hey, I thought you were ignoring me because you haven't spoken to me all summer long. And Matt says, well, yeah, because you're always with Tyler. And she says, yeah, that's my friend, which I thought you were. And also not for nothing, you're friends with Tyler too, dude. Yeah, Matt doesn't seem to actually have any friends. (laughs) Yeah, surprise, surprise. And Matt says, hey, aren't you guys like mortal enemies in the vampire werewolf universe? And Caroline's like, can you keep your voice down in this party? That and that is so far back information that isn't correct. That is a huge oversimplification. Yeah, he really does not understand what's going on, which again, are we surprised? No. Yeah, he's dumb and he's high. He's not firing on all cylinders and he never really is anyway. At his absolute peak performance, he's firing on like two out of eight cylinders. Yeah. So he's high. He's maybe at one right now. So Caroline's like, hey, can you like shut up? Tyler looks up and Caroline's like, what's wrong with you? And Matt's like, I don't know. I guess I'm out of it. And he leaves. And it's like, okay, weird. And I think we're meant to believe this was him being high. 
but I was like, is he fucking compelled? Like, I was like, that's not how high people act, which, you know, it's the CW. I, I don't know. Maybe people didn't know what pot did at this point, but it just was like, that's not really what that is. I have to imagine these actors knew what pot did. They were of the age. Yeah, you have to imagine this actor has smoked pot. So either he's a really bad actor or he's a narc. No, or he's a really good actor and Matt's just stupid. That could be. Maybe he really got into characters. Like, what would the most insufferable person look like while being high? And played that. In which case, Emmy. Emmy, apparently. (laughs) So Matt leaves as Tyler approaches. And Tyler's like, hey, what was that about? Caroline says nothing. And then Sophie comes up and she's like, oh my God, great party, Caroline. And Caroline says, oh my God, thank you. And then she says, now leave it and compels her. And Sophie does leave. (laughs) Boss bitch behavior. And Tyler says, hey, what the hell? And Caroline just walks away and continues to drink her tequila straight from the bottle. Incredible move by Miss Caroline. It is her party and she should be able to kick people out. Yeah, I think that's more than fair. (laughs) So then we go out to the porch. Damon has gotten a text from Andy because she wants him to pick her up. Well, that's not true, but whatever. (laughs) He believes it for now. Alaric says, oh, your fake compelled girlfriend wants you to be a chivalrous boyfriend. And Damon says, well, it's a complicated dynamic. Won't be for much longer. And then Damon says, hey, hold the fort down. And Alaric says, you mean the fort full of my drunk history students? And Damon says, if you drink more, it'll feel less weird. No, it won't. He won't notice it as much. But but I will say there are probably, I mean, again, we've talked about it. Alaric's hot. I, at this party, I would be drunk putting the moves on Alaric. If I'm slutty Sophie, that's where I'm focused. Yeah, I'm turning my energy. Look, I can get Tyler anytime. He's there. He's on the back burner if I'm slutty Sophie. Alark, that's a special occasion kind of thing. That's a big fish. I'm not at this kind of party where he would be, where we're both drunk very often. So I, I'm on the hunt. So then we go upstairs. Elena goes to Damon's room to look for Damon. Caroline is in Damon's bathroom and says, oh, this room is off limits, but she notices it's Elena, so she's cool. Caroline's just taking a beat, having some blood. And Caroline asks if Elena's hiding. And Elena's like, no, I'm looking for Damon. And Caroline's like, well, he better be here because we haven't even done the cake yet. And Elena says, honestly, like, I kind of want to pass on the cake. And Caroline's like, no, it's your birthday. It's the dawn of a new day. You can't move on with your life until you make a wish and blow out the candles. Poor choice of words. Caroline's just pushing through, you know, sometimes she just says stuff. Yeah. And (laughs) Elena says, so you all want me to just get on with my life. And Caroline says, no. Well, yeah. Maybe <laughs> like we don't want you to like be sad all the time about Stefan. She says basically like no one really wants to see you like this. And Elena says like, well, I'm not going to give up on finding Stefan. And Caroline says, of course, and you shouldn't. But you have to admit you're letting your life pass you by. And Stefan is the one who did all this work to save you so that you could live it. Which is true because Stefan would want her to at least be trying to have some fun. I mean, I know it's sad and he's gone. But at this point. Like, you can try to track him down, but what are you really going to be able to do about it? Like, it's kind of in his court to figure something out. Right now, you guys don't have the same information he does. Well, but you have to remember, at this moment, she doesn't know if he's even alive. That is true. That's what she's more concerned about. Yeah, that he just got killed. It would be one thing if she knew he was alive and she didn't know where he was. I think then she could move on in a different way. But right now, she thinks he could be dead. To be fair to Elena. That is true. I don't know. I guess in my mind, it seems like it would be crazy for Klaus to just kill him. But I guess Elena's like, well, maybe he didn't follow along with 
what Klaus wanted and he just killed him because that yeah. could very well be possible, I suppose. Exactly. So Elena says, you know, you want me to make a wish? Here's my wish. I just want to know that he's alive. And so Elena goes to leave, go back to the party because she's annoyed with Caroline right now. But then she spots Damon's little map in his closet. And immediately Caroline's like, I'm so, so sorry. I'm drunk and stupid tonight. I shouldn't have said any of that. And then Elena opens the door and looks a little closer. And Caroline also notices it and asks what it is. And Elena realizes that Damon has been tracking Klaus without her. And she's not sure why he didn't tell her. See, if I'm Elena, my logic jump here would be like, oh, he didn't tell me he was tracking him because Stefan's dead and he doesn't know how to tell me. Especially because this like, oh, body found here. And it says like Stefan, which, you know, could imply Stefan killed this person. But I'd also be concerned about that personally. I agree. So then we go back over to the news station where Damon has arrived. He's looking for Andy. And then he gets a call from Elena and he says, party central. And she says, hey, where are you? And he says, oh, I'm by the punch bowl which he's obviously not because there's no sound behind him. And she says, I know you're lying, but I'm mad about you for a different reason right now. I saw your closet. And he says, oh, got to go. And hangs up. Yeah, he's like, no, we're not having this conversation right now. So then he goes to the stage to look for Andy. And then he notices her purse on the floor. And he's like, hmm, that's not so good. And then he looks up and notices Stefan. And Stefan says, hello, brother, which we haven't heard from him in a while. Yeah. And Damon says, Stefan, you don't write. You don't call. And Stefan says, hey, you know what? You really need to stop following me. It's causing problems. And Damon says, oh, for who? For Klaus? I'm supposed to care what he thinks? The answer, my dear Damon, is yes. <laughs> yeah, you are, because it's really going to be a problem for Stefan if it keeps causing a problem for Klaus. And a problem for Stefan becomes a problem for you and Elena. Mm-hmm. And Stefan says, you're supposed to let me go. Damon says, look, I saw your recent artwork in Tennessee. You are walking a fine line. And if you keep it up right now, there will be no saving you. So at this point, in the beginning of this conversation, Damon thinks that Stefan's humanity is on, but he's trying to like make it seem like it's off. But he's worried that he's walking this fine line or that he's like, you know, maybe toggling. Yeah. Like he's like, if you keep doing this, like you're not going to be able to turn it back on. Like it's just going to go too far. We have to get you out of here before you do like too much damage, which Ideally, they would be able to do, but I think Stefan knows that's not happening. Yeah. And Stefan says, I don't need any saving. Just let me go. Damon says, look, there's a birthday girl at home who's not going to let me do that. And Stefan says, you know, maybe I haven't made my point. And, you know, he's about to do something hot and fucked up. He says, hey, Andy, you still there? And they look up and Andy is like on a lift or like a railing above the soundstage. Like a catwalk. Yeah. Yeah. She's high up and she seems super scared. And she says, hey, Damon, uh, Stefan told me I can't move. And Damon at this point is like, oh, this is not good. Damon says, okay, calm down, Andy. And then Damon turns to Stefan and said, hey, not cool, brother. And Stefan says, come on, it's a little cool. Yeah, and it's like, okay. (laughs) And then Stefan says, hey, Andy, you can move now. And she starts to step off the catwalk And Damon tries to run to catch her, but Stefan pushes him up against a wall and Andy falls to the ground. It looks pretty bad. And then Stefan says, let me go. And there's a lot of cracking noises. I mean, the bitch died. (laughs) It doesn't sound good. And then Stefan lets Damon go. Damon goes to check on Andy. He turns her over. I mean, she looks pretty dead. She's human. She doesn't have a lot of like chances here. Yeah, there's not much you can do. But for the sake of fun, 
You think Andy's dead for good? Yeah, Andy's dead for good. I mean, <laughs> you were surprised she made it to season three. I was surprised she made it to season three. This was crazy. This one hurt because Seven didn't even bite her. He didn't even yeah. get the blood. He just fucking killed her. Yeah, this is fucked up. And it definitely communicates what he needed to communicate to Damon, which is my humanity is off, bitch. And do you think his humanity is off when he makes this kill? No, I don't at all. Because I think this was hard to do. I get that. But Stefan knew to get Damon to stop chasing him, he had to do something very drastic. I think this is on par, frankly, with Damon killing Lexi. That yes, this is fucked up and it's shitty and it's like really hard to watch. But I think he knew he had to do this for the greater good. This is a justifiable kill to me, as sad as I am for Miss Andy. But of all the people Stefan could come back and kill to make this point to Damon, this is the nicest one he picked. Mm -hmm. That is still shitty because, God forbid, Damon tries to get girlfriends and they keep getting fucking killed. What is he, Jeremy? But I do think Stefan made this choice. I think his humanity was on when he made this decision. Interesting. Interesting. I feel confident in that. So then we go outside the Salvatore house where all the cars are parked. Jeremy is going to his car and sees Matt wandering around the woods and Matt can't find his truck, which Jeremy says, well, maybe that's a sign you shouldn't be driving it. Responsible King. Yeah. Say what you about Jeremy. He may be smoking pot, but he's not driving under the influence, babe. Jeremy offers Matt a ride and Matt says, you're more stoned than I am. Uh, I beg to differ. Yeah. He's not the one acting like an idiot who's never smoked pot once in his life. So Jeremy gets in the car, in the driver's seat. He looks over to the passenger seat and he sees Vicky sitting there. And Vicky says, help me. And Jeremy says, Vicky. Then Matt gets in the passenger seat and said, hey, what did you just say? And Jeremy says, nothing. And Matt says, did you say Vicky? Like my sister who is dead? In case you forgot who Vicky is. (laughs) It's a small thing, but it's a housekeeping thing that Jeremy can see these ghosts and he can talk to them. But when he's talking to them, other people can still, you know, hear what he's saying. Yeah, which would make sense. Yeah, it tracks. So Jeremy denies saying anything and starts the car. And when the headlights turn on, he sees Anna in front of the car. Jeremy tries to play it cool, but Matt sees he's kind of freaked out and says, hey, what's wrong? And Jeremy says, you know what? Let's walk. Jeremy should just be like, I'm way too high to drive. Let's Mm -hmm. go. And he should be like, no, I didn't see Vicky. You're super high, dude. Here's the thing. You can't say something out loud and then say, no, I didn't say anything. Pick a different word. Icky. Icky. Oh, I saw a spider on the windshield. I said icky. Tricky. Uh, My key got stuck. It was tricky. Those are two off the dome. Yeah. It just, it's not believable. He heard you say something. He might be high, but he heard you say a word. Yeah. Just pick another word. Gaslight him that way. Gaslighter. And one thing about Matt is he's not going to let things go. Yeah. Don't I fucking know it. So then we go back to the party. Caroline is walking through the crowd. She's clearly upset. She's like lifting people a little obviously. And Tyler approaches and says, hey, what's up with you? Are you pissed that I brought someone? And she's like, duh. Yeah, and she obviously is. But she says, why would I be pissed that you're dating someone? That's awesome. And she's obviously annoyed. Yeah. And Tyler says, should I not be dating? And she says, you're horny all the time right now. A guy has knees. Ha ha ha. And Tyler says, if I shouldn't be dating, all you have to do is say something or I'm going to keep dating. And she says, well, what would I say? And he says, don't do that. (laughs) Like he's being as clear as possible. Like, 
if you tell me not to date, I will date you right now. I'm literally obsessed with you. Yeah, he's like, I just am not going to say it because I don't want to get turned down, but I'm open for business. Yeah, Tyler says, look, I've already been there once with you and you shut me down. So I'm not going to go back there with you unless you make it crystal clear. And then she does make it crystal clear while she kisses him. Good, good kiss. Love it. Great early 2010s pop song playing. Beautiful kiss. Love it for them. And he says, want to get out of here? And she says, oh, fuck yeah. She says, absolutely. (laughs) And as they're leaving, Damon is returning home after seeing his girlfriend die in front of him at the hands of his brother. And Caroline hands Damon the bottle of tequila she's been drinking all night and says, you missed the cake. And Damon doesn't even respond to that. He takes the alcohol and he puts it down and goes to his room. He wants to have a moment by himself. That's not what's going to happen. Elena is in his room waiting for him, holding all the papers out. And she has all this evidence. And she says, why did you keep this a secret? And Damon says, can we not do this right now? I'm having a really bad night. And Elena says, I don't give a fuck what kind of night you're having. Yeah, Elena keeps going anyway. She says, every time I brought you a lead, you made me feel like an idiot for having hope. And Damon says, well, you were an idiot. We both were idiots, actually. Yeah, he's like, well, it was stupid. And I just got that proven in the worst possible way. And she says, tell me what you know. And he says, I know that you should get back to your party. And she says, look, we're in this together. You should have told me that you were tracking Klaus's victims. And Damon says, well, they aren't Klaus's victims. They're Stefan's. And I think... This is a thing that Elena did not let herself consider was a possibility. Yeah. Even though she must have known somewhere deep down that it is because she is in like disbelief. Yeah. I think she thought either Stefan had been like, no, and been killed or was essentially being held hostage. Now, why would Klaus hold someone hostage if they were of no use to him? But she didn't think that through because she doesn't want to believe that Stefan is out there just killing people. Yeah. Exactly. Because she has spent all this time learning about Stefan as someone who has all these morals and would never just kill someone randomly. But he doesn't have that option right now. And Damon says Stefan is leaving bodies up and down the coast. And Elena doesn't believe him. But Damon says, I've seen this happen before. He has flipped his switch and he is back to full blown ripper. Elena doesn't want to hear this. She tries to like run away from it. But Damon says, I'm telling you right now. Stop looking for him. Stop hoping he's gone and he's not coming back in your lifetime. And that's that's got to hurt. But the thing is, she has to hear this. Yeah, she has to understand that, you know, she can hope that he'll come back. But there's a good chance she won't ever see him again, even if he is alive. And I don't think she'd really entertained that thought. I think she was like, okay, he's either dead or I'll see him soon. I don't think she thought about the possibility that he would be alive and just not come back for her. Yeah. Damon immediately regrets saying this because though it is true, it is harsh and it is her birthday. Well, for him too, he, I think he wants her to believe this so that Stefan doesn't have to do something like he just did to Damon to prove it to her. And Damon doesn't want to have to be like, yeah, your boyfriend just killed my girlfriend in front of me because he doesn't want Elena to have to know that and have to deal with that either. But he also needs to talk about that with someone. And unfortunately, Elena's the one. And Damon's not in the business of letting people know that he cared about people. And he certainly doesn't want to admit that he cared about Andy. Yeah. So Elena cries. She holds on to her necklace. And we go over to the Gilbert house where Matt and Jeremy are eating ice cream. You know, because they're hot. So you yeah. eat. Yeah. First <laughs> of all, give them some chips and then I'll believe you. If it's not Doritos, I don't think you guys know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. But Matt says, you know, I should leave before Elena and Mr. Saltzman come home and see what a bad example I am. Sir, 
No one cares that you are high. And I can promise you that. He thinks it's so funny. He's like, oh my God, can you believe I smoked weed? And everyone's like, we've all been smoking weed for years. It's not interesting. It is funny because it's like, first of all, Mr. Saltzman's not going to care. And Elena's not going to care because Jeremy notably has been smoking weed. It's not like Matt's inspiring him to smoke weed. If anything, Jeremy's inspiring Matt. Yeah, they would come in and be like, Jeremy, why are you being a bad influence on Matt? (laughs) Yeah. But anyway, so Matt offers to like walk home and asks if he can take the ice cream on his walk. Jeremy says, sure. And then Matt gets serious and somber and he says, okay, what happened in the car? Because I could swear I heard you say Vicky and I remember you said you were seeing things. And Jeremy says, okay, you got me. I was seeing Vicky. And Matt says, you know, I think I see her sometimes too because I miss her so much. I want to see her and I do. Man, he just told you. Matt, it's not the same fucking thing. He's literally seeing her next to him. You saw a girl walk by who you thought might be Vicky for a split second. He saw Vicky next to him in a car. Different things. And Matt says, you know, we have our hands full with all this supernatural stuff. But ghosts? Sir, you have to assume that ghosts cannot be outside the realm of possibility knowing everything you know now. Yeah, if there's werewolves and vampires in your town... A ghost seems very likely. (laughs) Yeah. And Jeremy says, yeah, my head is all messed up. He like kind of walks it back because obviously he's not getting what he needs from this conversation from Matt. So he's kind of trying to shut it down. And he does effectively shut it down. Matt takes the ice cream and leaves. Not a good walking snack. Yeah, what the fuck? But whatever. Everything this man does annoys me. (laughs) He can't eat ice cream without me being like, what an idiot. Yeah, he can't do a single thing. So we go back over to the bar. Ray is now at this point laying on the billiard table. He's a little bit worse for wear. He's got wounds all over. And Klaus starts to explain like the transition process. He says, okay, like step one, you're going to drink some blood from my wrist. And Ray says, man, I told you where to find my pack. What more do you want from me? And Klaus is like, uh, have you even been listening to me? I have great plans for you. Yeah. He's like, I literally told you off the top. I want more hybrids. What the fuck did you think was going to happen here, buddy? And so Klaus cuts, you know, a little wound in his wrist and feeds his blood to Ray. And Klaus like says like kind of to no one and everyone at the bar, like, oh, he'll thank me later. And then Stefan returns as Klaus is explaining to Ray that it's time for step two. And then he snaps Ray's neck. And Ray says, what's step two? (laughs) (laughs) And Klaus says, oh, you're back. And Stefan says, yeah, did you doubt it? And Klaus says, no, I didn't doubt it. I knew you'd pass the test. And then he says, but you do still care for your brother and your old life. And Stefan says, "Mm, I don't care about anything anymore. He really wants to sell that his humanity's off. Yeah, but the fact that he even cared enough to stop Damon from looking for him, dead giveaway, buddy. Yeah, Klaus says, you know, you're putting on a good show. I almost believe you. Let's just hope your brother does. The thing is, Klaus doesn't really care if his humanity's on or off. It's not really his business. As long as he's following along and not getting followed by Damon. Yeah, as long as he's killing people when Klaus asks him to, it doesn't really matter how guilty he feels. Yeah. It'd be easier for him if he turned his humanity off. But Klaus is like, hey, the girl's still dead regardless. (laughs) Yeah. And Klaus says, you know, you never stop caring about family, do you? Interesting comment there, Klaus. And so Stefan is like looking forward at his glass, not looking at Klaus. And Klaus says, but you know, every time you feed, the blood makes it easier to let it go. Mm -hmm. At this point, Klaus is kind of implying that like, if he keeps doing this, eventually Stefan will turn his humanity off. That's what Klaus believes. 
which I think is a fair thought because even if you want your humanity on, you kill enough people and Stefan's like guilty about everything all the time. Like it's going to get to him eventually at the minimum. Yeah. Cause like, I'm willing to wait for that. Yeah. He's like, I'm a thousand years old. I can wait a couple months. He's like, I don't think I'm going to have to wait that long. And remember to me, not that long can be like 10 years. So to hang out. And then a drop in the ocean starts playing. You know this song? I didn't know this song, actually. But, oh, it, it got to me. I know this song for an embarrassing reason. I almost don't even want to say this on mic because I don't want people to know this. And Stephanie's editing this episode, so she gets to choose whether to keep it in or cut it. I know this song because the lyrics are a drop in the ocean, a change in the weather. I read a fanfic oh. that was called A Change in the Weather. A fanfic about the Vampire Diaries? No. Oh. I read this a long time ago. It's a fanfic about Glee. Is it Kurt and someone? It's got to be a gay one. Yeah, it's a gay fanfic. It's Kurt and someone. Is it Kurt and Finn? No. You wouldn't like Kurt and Finn. No, I wouldn't like Kurt and Finn. It's Kurt and Sebastian, the evil warbler. Oh, okay. No, that's not the worst fanfic you could have been reading, in my mind. Name a worse one. Will Schuster and Rachel Berry. Okay, you're right. It isn't the worst. (laughs) I like this song. I think it's really effective. In this moment. This is kind of, we're beginning the... The iconic songs. We're starting to get a lot of iconic songs because we've had some really good ones before, but this one, we're really getting into a phase where songs are really important to the show. And also because it's third season, it's clear this is a hit. Their budget for licensing for music went up. Yes, absolutely. So they can use some more current songs. Exactly. A drop in the ocean. Oh my god, I'm gonna start crying again. So this song starts playing. We go over to the Gilbert house. Alaric is looking at a picture of him and Jenna as he packs a bag and Elena returns home. Rick says, you know, I can't stay here anymore. Elena is shocked and upset by this. Alaric says, look, I'm not a role model. I drink too much. I say the wrong things. I encourage bad behavior. I can pull it together at school, but I can't do it in my own life the way I miss Jenna in front of all of you. And he says, Elena, you're 18. You can do this alone and better without me. And Elena doesn't know what to say because like she liked having him here, but she doesn't really know how to say that either. I mean, I'm still heavy mourning Jenna, I'll be fully honest. And so this just breaks my heart that he he just misses her so much and he I think it helped to be around them for a while and now it's just hurting again. He truly believes they're better off without him. And I don't think that's true. And they don't think that's true either, but they don't know how to say that. They don't know how to ask their history teacher to be their dad. Like, yeah, that's a big conversation that no one is prepped to have. And then we go over to the Lockwood house. Caroline and Tyler are having a steamy makeout. Steamy, steamy. They are taking off their clothes. They're doing fast little supernatural runs. They're definitely having sex tonight. They're having a good time, maybe. This is, I think, one of our first experiences of, like, a supernatural sex scene where there's, like, some speediness, some pushing. There was always, like, maybe one supernatural person, but now it's two. And pent-up tension. They have been warming up to this all summer. Again, you can see the effects that Gossip Girl has had because this is a sexy, sexy scene, the likes of which we have not yet seen on The Vampire Diaries. We are turning a corner here, and I'm, I'm happy to come around that corner, babe. 
And then we go over to the Salvatore house. Damon goes into Stefan's room, breaks a bunch of stuff because he's angry at Stefan. He's angry at Stefan. He's angry that he had to say that to Elaine and he had to be the one to break this to her. He just feels awful. And then he stops and kind of takes a breath. And then... We go over to the burr. Stefan like walks outside, clearly very overwhelmed and emotional. At this point, if you thought Stefan's humanity was off, you do not think that anymore. Yeah, it is obvious here. His humanity is on, and he is either at this point he just turned it on and he's dealing with all he just went through, or it's been on the whole time, which I think it's been on at least most of the time. We're finally seeing this have effects on him. He takes out his phone. And he calls Elena. We see at the Gilbert house, Elena is looking at a birthday card. She's in her pajamas. She's getting ready for bed. He goes to the bathroom and leaves her phone on the counter on the dresser. And it's ringing from an unknown caller. At first, it doesn't look like she's going to answer it. Yeah, she's walked away. She doesn't seem to hear it, but she comes back in time. And then she answers it. And she says, hello. And Stefan doesn't speak. But somehow, she just knows it's him. Well, she has to assume it's a... Unknown caller, no one is saying anything. It's odds are good at stuff. So he cries just hearing her voice. She knows no one's talking, she knows it's him. She says, Okay, Stefan, if this is you, you will be okay. I love you. Hold on to that and never let that go. And you just might make a bitch of Stelena stand with this scene because it is beautiful. I'm sitting here watching it crying like a goddamn baby. I'm tearing up thinking about it right now. I almost started crying when that song started playing. Like, it just is so sad because you can tell he just really has been pushing and he's doing this all for Elena and Damon. And he just needed to hear Elena's voice to remind himself why. Because you have to imagine keeping your humanity on through this is not easy. Especially for Stefan, who notably is just older than now and kind of a baby in general. Like, this can't be easy for him. And so Elena is like, you just need to keep going. Just remember what to be tethered onto to keep you going through this. Because that's really what, that's all he has, is knowing that if he can just get through this long enough, he can get back to be with Elena. Even though they don't really have a clear picture of the end in sight right now. But it's the same thing of, like, Catherine being stuck with House and Alaric's apartment. You just need to hang in long enough until you get an opening. And you will get an opening, but you do have to be holding on. And that's the thing, Stefan needs his humanity on when that opening comes. Because if his humanity's off, he just won't leave. Because he won't feel the need to. And so he needs to be tethered to his life so that when he has a chance, he can take it. And then we go back over to the Lockwood house. It is post-intercourse. And Caroline is putting on her clothes, trying to sneak out while Tyler is asleep. She gets pretty close to the door and then Carol catches her. And it's obviously very awkward because she obviously just had sex with her son. But Carol's looking like mischievous here in a way that like feels off immediately. Yeah. But Caroline does not clock it. Caroline just feels awkward because she knows that it's like weird that she's here after having sex with Tyler. And obviously hindsight's twenty twenty. Why would you not just jump out the window? You can. You're a vampire. I don't think she thought that Carol knew she was a vampire. She had no reason to believe that. Yeah. Yeah, there's no reason. It just seems like an easier way to sneak out. But for whatever reason she didn't do it, it's irrelevant. She says, okay, I'm just going to grab my purse and go. And she touches her purse and it burns her. Got to be Vervain or something. Carol shoots her with like three Vervain darts and knocks her out. And that's the end of the episode. So why do you think Carol, A, is taking matters into her own hands and 
why now do you think Carol is deciding to get the vampire thing? Do you think she's working alone? Do you think it's the whole council is now becoming a threat? What do you think is happening here? I think it's probably the whole council. Maybe because the council was like, hey, we haven't been doing anything. And they haven't. We've been just sitting on our asses. Maybe we should do something. And I mean, we saw at the end of last season, Carol be like, why haven't you made any progress with the vampires to Sheriff Forbes? Which kind of felt like it came out of nowhere, but clearly she was aware of it. So clearly they were like, okay, the sheriff's really not doing anything. And it's not a crazy leap to think why she wouldn't be doing something. How do you think they found out that Caroline is a vampire? I don't necessarily know that they found out, but I think they were like, okay, there's clearly all this vampire stuff going on. Liz says she's dealing with it, but she's not. We're still seeing vampires. So it's probably like, uh, seems like Caroline might be a vampire or might know something. So I'm sure she put Vervain all over it as part of a test. Yeah, but she had the Vervain darts ready. If they thought she was a human, she wouldn't shoot her with three darts. She put Vervain on the purse. Caroline screams. She has the gun behind her back. If Caroline doesn't react to it, she just doesn't shoot her and lets her leave. It feels like she was pretty sure that Caroline was going to be a vampire. It feels like she was pretty sure. I don't know how she was pretty sure because it feels like something you would guess. It just feels like she stands to lose a lot from shooting a human daughter of one of her friends with Vervain Darts. She stands to lose a lot more if she's wrong. Yeah, I guess there is potential I'm trying to think who else on the council would have known anything because they're all fucking idiots. So it could be that maybe like Liz Forbes had some notes or something that she found, like, because Carol was actively like, what is the progress going? She is the mayor. She can probably get into the sheriff's office without much issue. Another thought, you know, John Gilbert died wanting to support vampires, but that doesn't mean he didn't leave something in place with that information in case he was killed. I don't know where he would have left it, but it's not crazy that he could have somehow forgotten that he actually left a clue to this, or at least to the Salvatores or something. So I think that there's potential there. Okay, other questions. So we're now at the beginning of a new season. So let's talk a little bit about expectations for the season. Who do you think is gonna be our big villain or villains of the season? So I think we're going to spend a lot of time working with this Klaus storyline, at least the first third of the season, since they're often broken into thirds. I do think Klaus and Stefan will be back in Mystic Falls relatively soon, at least in a couple episodes. You know, I think they'll find some more werewolves, but, you know, they'll be back in Mystic Falls because that's where the show is set. I don't know why Klaus would want to do all this in Mystic Falls. I don't know how Klaus is going to feel once he sees the doppelgangers alive, but I honestly don't think he'll care that much because he's still like the sacrifice happened. It went through. So I don't think Elena being alive is going to really matter much to him. Yeah. If he comes back to Mystic Falls, you have to assume he's going to know Elena is alive. So obviously we know Klaus's goal, as far as he's told us, is to make more hybrids. What do you think he's going to do when he has those hybrids? Do you think he's going to bring them all to Mystic Falls? Do you think he's going to spread them out? Like, do you think he has an end game or do you think it's kind of, let's go with the flow for a while? I'm sure he has some kind of end game. I don't really know what his endgame would be because like, what, does he want to be the most powerful vampire? He already is. Like, so I don't really know why. I think there is potential. I mean, I kind of said this before that, you know, all of his family is just in a storage container. And we know Elijah could, in theory, wake up. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's a jump that other people in those coffins could be waking up as well. I don't think it's necessarily permanent death for any of them. Because if it's permanent death, Why wouldn't he have thrown them to the bottom of the ocean? 
Why would he keep them somewhere that he can access them? And I think that's the window that Stefan can take advantage of eventually. I think being able to say, hey, this is where he put Elijah is going to be key. That's something that he, if he ever gets the chance to share that information, I think will be useful. So I don't really know what Klaus's reasoning is. I don't know why he would want to be in Mystic Falls. Like, I'm assuming he's coming back. I don't think that's a crazy jump, but I don't know what he would want in Mystic Falls specifically with these hybrids. Sure. And, you know, he's hunting down all these werewolves. He knows there's another werewolf in Mystic Falls. He knows about Tyler Lockwood. So I don't know why he wouldn't have started with Tyler unless there's some reason he's looking for a bigger pack or like wants to come back to Mystic Falls. Like, I don't see why he wouldn't have immediately turned Tyler first. That's a good point. Like, that seems odd. So here's another question that you that you made me think of while you were talking. Do you think we're going to meet more of Klaus and Elijah's siblings this season? I do. Maybe some of the other family members? Expectations for those family members, if you have any? There's one actress who I, I know is going to be in The Vampire Diaries because she had a small role on Pretty Little Liars. And I have become convinced that she is an original. <laughs> Interesting. And which actress is it? Claire Holt. Claire Holt. So... Claire Holt, you know, is on the Vampire Diaries and you're convinced she's an original. I'm convinced she's one of the originals. I do think we'll definitely see at least a couple people wake up. I mean, I think we're going to be waking up Elijah again at the minimum. And if Elijah's up, why would he not open those coffins and just see, you know? Yeah. Another thing that we have set up for season three is ghosts. What do you think we're going to go with ghosts? Do you think we'll see more ghosts? So I think it's hard to say how many ghosts we'll see. And also, do you think they have nefarious purposes? Why do you think they're appealing to Jeremy? So we did get a hint here this episode with Vicky saying, help me. So I think this does support this idea that the ghosts like need something before they can pass on, that they're in some sort of purgatory. And it's interesting that Jeremy would become like this medium kind of version of that. And I think this is going to be something that he will have to get Bonnie's help on. He's going to have to tell her this eventually. I assume she'll be back in town whenever school officially starts. Et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. I do think there is some sort of like mission that these ghosts are on, essentially, that they need to clear up some of their earthly issues. Here's my other question. With every season comes transitions, deaths. Do you think we're going to see any transitions this season to any number of different creatures? And if so, what? And do you think we're going to see any deaths this season, which intrinsically could be a transition to a ghost? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Transitions and deaths, any predictions? Yeah. I do think Tyler is probably going to become a hybrid. I just think the fact that he's a werewolf in Mystic Falls, where Klaus is like presumably going to end up with his bloodline i just think it's it would be really hard for tyler to not become a hybrid i think carol lockwood may be in trouble of death she's flying a little close to the sun here and i don't think she really knows what she's getting into so that's dangerous for her i believe i don't really see a huge potential for transitions this season i think because we're in this shift where there's kind of these bigger problems where it's not so much like how do you live as a vampire anymore? That's not really a big question. I think that could still become an issue. Like there's always going to be an issue if someone transitions, but I just don't think that storyline is going to be key in this season. I, I had hoped it would be with Jenna, but alas, I think the council in general is going to be in trouble this season because I think if they are trying to take down these vampires, a lot of them are going to lose because they simply don't have the information to do it. It's like them trying to kill Klaus last season, but like they're even further out of their league. The council knows nothing. So I think that is a danger if the council is indeed behind this kind of Carol push 
I do believe Caroline will be getting out of this situation. I don't know how. What do you think is going to happen to Caroline? She's Vivain Dredd. What do you think the next step is for Carol to do with Caroline? Um, I think it could be bringing her to the sheriff and asking her things or like torturing her to get answers about vampires. Maybe they're like, we better ask someone who knows because clearly Caroline's been walking around in the sun. So we clearly don't have the right information here. So I think that could be more of the push because if they didn't want anything from her, they could have just staked her, you know? And I don't really see that being the path. I do think Sheriff Forbes could potentially be in trouble as well because I think the council would be like, why would you, you know, keep this a secret from us? Yeah. Clearly you're on the vampire side. Like we have to punish you in some way. Sure. I don't think they'd punish her by death, but I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility either. Sure, of course. You can never take death off the table on the Vampire Diaries. Yeah, and I think Carol Lockwood is in for a rude awakening if she indeed stays alive when she figures out that her son is also supernatural. That's true. Especially if he's a hybrid, that's going to be a dangerous game for her because she clearly, again, knows very little. That's the end of season three, episode one. We've got a great season ahead. This is a super fun season. Lots of excitement coming our way. As always, if you guys are liking The Vampire Diaries or Doppelgangers, please tell your friends and leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And follow us on Instagram at Doppelgangers Podcast. That's it for this week. So until next week, goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother.